The passage I want to share with you is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. The Apostle Peter is writing to the church at Rome, and uh, those Christians are experiencing great trials. Uh, they're being persecuted in various ways, and I'm sure some of them are beginning to doubt their faith, and Peter's writing to encourage them and explain to them that their suffering serves a purpose in God's plan, that God is going to use this suffering uh, to strengthen their faith, to prove to them and through them the reality of the gospel. Listen to the way he puts it, beginning in verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. When I read that passage, I remembered a phrase that uh, I have seen in the writings of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, who was the famous preacher of the Westminster Chapel in London for many years. He was a medical doctor turned preacher. Many of us have found great encouragement from his, his preaching, uh, either as we have read it or listened to recordings of it. And I, I remember a phrase he uses often uh, to describe the way our faith is proved to be true. He talks about the acid test of the Christian profession, the acid test of the Christian life. Now, an acid test, you, you might remember uh, from chemistry, is, uh, is, was used in the old days to, to, uh, to see if a, a piece of metal was gold or some other kind of base metal. And so the, the chemist or the one doing the testing would drop some nitric acid on the piece of metal, and if it dissolved quickly, then then they knew it was, it was not gold because gold would dissolve uh, much less readily. That acid applied to that piece of metal either proved that the metal was gold or some lesser metal, something that wasn't worth very much. So uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones was asking, what is the acid test of the Christian faith. What is that what is that certain test when applied to us reveals that we really are Christians? And so he I I found a sermon that he had preached called the acid test of the, the Christian profession and it was really special to me because he was he preached it in 1969 at McElwain Presbyterian Church in Pensacola, Florida, the Pensacola Theological Institute. It's at that Pensacola Theological Institute that I really 
came to understand the Reformed faith. That's a special, uh, a special uh, conference. It, it was a special conference to me. Of course, uh, I went to there much later than 69, but he was preaching there, and it was on the occasion of a, a it, apparently a hurricane was heading toward Pensacola. And they moved the meeting that was supposed to occur in the evening, they moved it up to two o'clock. And so that Lloyd-Jones could preach and then people could hunker down in their houses later on. That's amazing in itself, isn't it? That they, they still met to hear the word preached even though a hurricane was heading their way. And Lloyd-Jones changed his sermon and he preached on this idea, the acid test of the Christian life, he preached it from 2 Corinthians 4. But it, it, it made me think of this passage. And he asked three questions, or asked some questions about what, what is the acid test? What is it, he said, for instance, is it, is it orthodoxy? Is the real test of a Christian that uh, he believes or she believes the right things? Well, that can't be, because we know from the Bible that that even the devil believes, and the demons believe and shudder. And then he asks, is it morality? Is it doing good things? Of course, we all know people who do good things who don't believe in the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said the, the day is coming when when many who say, Lord, Lord, will not be found in the kingdom of heaven did great things, even in my name. Can't be just orthodoxy, even though orthodoxy is important, and it can't be just morality, even though morality is, is important. And, and then he asks, is it experience? Is it the person who says, I've been born again? I know I, I know I am. I know I'm a Christian because I've experienced a born-again experience. But every religion claims experience. If experience was the only test of faith, then every faith would be true. Then, then uh, Lloyd-Jones says it can't be that. It has to be the, the, the acid test of the Christian faith is, is given away in the time of testing and trial. That's, what, that's the point that Peter is making here. He, he says, um, he says, he says this this suffering is necessary. You know, that was a great encouragement to Charles Spurgeon. In the old King James, it said, if needs be. Spurgeon, who battled depression and anxiety his whole life, he read that in one occasion when he was battling anxiety and depression, and he, and he, was, he was comforted by the fact that God saw this suffering as something that was necessary in his life. It was it, it was necessary to do something, and that something was to reveal the reality, the deeper reality of the presence of Christ. I suggest that this suffering that we're going through, this panic, this pandemic, this, this time when we're, we're facing shortages or financial trials, sickness, um, quarantines, even death. This is not something that catches God off guard. It's something that he, from all eternity, foreordained 
as necessary for the revelation of the glory of his gospel to us and through us. It's an acid test. This suffering is, is an acid test to reveal whether or not we possess the gold faith of Jesus Christ or some imitation. Now, some of you are saying, I'm, I'm, I'm really suffering, I'm really struggling, and I'm trying to believe, and, and uh, maybe I'm not a Christian. You're beginning to doubt your salvation because uh, you are anxious and worried and, and depressed. Well, you know, I battle anxiety myself, so I, I know what you mean. But I find encouragement in this passage for anxious souls, for weak faith. You see, this, the, these sufferings are, are not testing how strong your faith is, the faith that you create. This suffering reveals the faith that Christ has created in you or not. And here's how you can tell if Christ has created faith in you. Uh, Paul says, or Peter says, um, though you do not see him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. In other words, when you can believe, when you can rejoice, and when you can love him in the midst of trial, you may know that in you has been worked an inexpressible faith, a joy that is indescribable and and is filled with glory. That is, it is, it is a visitation of the heaven that awaits you. Let me, let me suggest that if these kinds of things are occurring in you, as anxious as you are, as worried as you and I are about the future, we may know that Christ lives in us. The first question is, do you believe? Yes, I, I, I think I believe, but I'm not sure. Well, can you say this? You know, this is the reason we, we exercise our faith muscles so, so uh, strenuously in weekly worship. It's to prepare for times like this. The reason we, we repeat the Apostles' Creed so much is so that in times like this, we can say it. Can you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? You say, I can, but it's with a squeaky, it's with a squeaky voice, it's with trembling lips, it's with shaking hands. Well, if you can say that, if you can say, I believe, instead of saying, I don't believe anymore. This suffering has ruined my belief. But if you, as long as you can still say, I believe, you believe. 
And you only believe because Christ has enabled you to. And can you rejoice? You say, I'm not happy about anything. Well, can you do this? Can you sing a hymn or hum it? Can you sing when peace like a river attendeth my soul? When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. You say, I'm not sure it is well with my soul, but can you sing it? Can you sing, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father? You say, I sing it with tears coming down my eyes. Yes, but you're singing it. You're rejoicing with a joy that is inexpressible, indescribable, one that must have come from heaven to you. Do you love him? Yes, I love him, you say, but I, I, uh, I'm still where, yes, but... Can you say with the psalmist in Psalm 18, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Well, if you're not saying I hate you, if you're not saying I don't want anything to do with you, I reject you, you can say, even with faltering lips, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Then this suffering has caused your faith to shine forth as gold because this suffering is an acid test and only those indwelt by Christ pass it. Well, you, you may have taken those tests and concluded that you aren't a Christian there's an easy solution to that. God in his mercy by this, by this pandemic has pushed you to the end of your resources. You thought that you were taking care of yourself. You thought that you could save yourself and now you realize you are no match for the things in this cosmos that are out to kill you. And Jesus stretches out his arms to you and he says, come to me. You're laboring and you're heavy laden. You're weary. Come to me. You will find rest for your souls. My brothers and sisters, I, I pray that's an encouragement to you. And you see, when that faith, that faith that is tested by suffering, that faith that can endure suffering, well, it is experiential. That faith that is proven to be gold in suffering, well, that faith is moral. That hope, John says, purifies us. And that faith is true. It's orthodox. It's the only faith. It's the only truth. And we would never be as convinced of it had we not gone through this suffering. And those looking at us would not be nearly as convinced that um, the gospel is true if they did not see us continuing to praise him, even from the dust. May God protect us. May God strengthen us. 
And may God use us to give an answer, an explanation for the hope that is within us to a very hopeless world. I love you, Second Presbyterian, and I thank you for loving me and for my family. And I consider it the greatest privilege to be your pastor at this time in history. God help us, and may the Lord get a name for himself. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, please draw near to us as the great shepherd of our souls. Bear us up in your arms and on your shoulders. Cause us to know in a fresh way that God the Heavenly Father, Abba Father, loves us. Would the Holy Spirit pour out his love in our hearts that we might be assured of hope and convinced that nothing, nothing in this world or in the world to come is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whose name we pray. And God's people said together, Amen.